I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Happy Monday morning to everybody who is recovering from, boy, just another brutal loss for Auburn. Just more of the same that we've come to expect, unfortunately, from this team in uh, in SEC play. Joined here by Jason Caldwell, obviously Auburn. Lost over the weekend to LSU, twenty-one to seventeen. The it's mind-numbing. I think is is what is the way Philip put it after the game, and I think that's probably the most apt description because we're just sort of becoming numb to these kinds of performances at this point. Um, yet Auburn obviously taking a seventeen nothing lead in the second quarter, and I think at around that point we all just kind of looked around and said, "What's how are they going to?" How are they going to screw it up? I mean, we're, we're just so used to this at this point. It, it ended up being in the form of uh, letting LSU score right before halftime to make it 17-14 and then three fourth quarter turnovers sort of sealed the deal. Jason, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of mind boggling stats that go along with this game. The one that really got me, though, is this is the fifth straight SEC game in which Auburn has held a double digit lead. They've only won, obviously dating back to last season, they've only won one of those games, and it was Missouri, the game they probably should not have won. Um, You know, you always talk about you want to try to find ways to win regardless. We've said it before regarding this team. They continue to find new ways to lose games um, going back to last season, and and this was just the latest example, 17-point blown lead. They went scoreless for the entire second half once again. Yeah, um, this one's probably one that that you owed for for getting out of there last week with a win over Missouri. Those two, Auburn outplayed LSU. Um, I thought was the better team for much of the day, um, but didn't get the win. Um, but you know, part of that is you know not turning the ball over. You know, all those things come into play as being part of that better team and doing those things. I thought there were a lot more positives. In, in this game, offensively, Robbie Ashford, the big plays that you made defensively, um, they really shut down LSU's passing game and made Jaden Daniels look terrible. Um, the wide receiver group looked terrible. Um, Auburn had a little bit to do with that. They had some of it to do with it as well. But uh, you're right. Um, there's there's things you can't avoid. One of the things you can't avoid is is that, once again, you, you had a 17 nothing lead on a team that, had no chance to score 17 points unless you helped them. And Auburn did. They helped them out. Um, you know, the 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 phone return for a touchdown, 
calling timeout right before the halftime and basically giving LSU enough time to score there. I'm not. I don't believe that LSU was going to try to call a timeout there at the end of the first half. And then when they got third and ten, they realized, well, we better try to get a first down here, or else Auburn's going to get the ball back. They throw a pass, get a penalty on Derek Derek Hall, and, and extends the drive. And then he allowed them to use all three of their timeouts and 11 plays to score with 15 seconds left. That doesn't happen without those timeouts that Auburn called. Um, you know, the, the field position game in the second half going forward, you know, the 38-yard line. Um, there, there are just some things, obviously, to call more pass. I mean, there's lots of things that go into this one um, that, that, you know, we talked about last week. It took almost everything going right um, in Auburn's favor to win a game against Missouri. Um, it took almost everything going wrong there from late in that game to lose that game to LSU, and it did. And, uh, it, it was, you know, for all the positives that come out of that, you still start looking at it going. Um, and, and something I, I thought about today, and, and I'm writing about a little bit on, on my Monday morning quarterback, that um, this is an Auburn team that has not played a game against a road crowd in eight games, and the only wins they have are Mercer, San Jose State, Missouri. That's it. That's going to change, you know, beginning Saturday. They got four of the next seven on the road. This team hasn't been on the road since South Carolina last year. They played a bowl game, and it was in Birmingham, and they had 90% of the fans. Um, you know, they, they've struggled in these situations while having the home field advantage, home crowd advantage. Um, now, what do you do now? Uh, that's the big question moving forward for this team. Yeah, the crowd was certainly a factor again. We talked about it before the game. Um, they were they were electric as they've been all season long. Helped Auburn in a lot of situations. This I wouldn't describe it as a gem for Auburn's defense, but it was a really really good performance for them. Um, you look at LSU. Every drive they had, they had two touchdown drives. Um, obviously, they need and both were were helped by Auburn, as you referenced that that drive right there before halftime. Auburn uses the timeout, and then Auburn elects to go for it. Harson elects to go for it on fourth and ten from the thirty-seven yard line. That gave LSU its best field position of the game to that point, mm-hmm. and then they scored after that. Every other drive for LSU in the entire game, all punts and the fumble. I, I mean, the Auburn's defense, other than those couple drives, um, played really well. Obviously, you had the scoop and score from Ashford, um, but like you referenced, it was the second half, some of the decisions in the second half, obviously at the end of the day, like, like Brian Harson referenced about the Coy Moore play, um, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't work. Uh, you know, if it does work and then it's a great call, if he throws a touchdown to Camden Brown, a great call, you know, so at the end of the day, it was, it just wasn't executed properly, but you had, you had three possessions in the second half where you give the ball away in L- in LSU, deep in LSU territory, twice was in the red zone. One was outside of the red zone, basically three turnovers. You had two turnovers. You had the interception by Moore. You had the interception by Robbie Ashford, which that was a great individual play by Greg Brooks to make that yeah. pick. But you had a turnover on downs on that fourth and 10 call. So you turn the ball, you basically turn the ball over in the second half three times in opposing territory. We talk about this team not finishing games. That's that's going to hurt your cause. And now, and now we sort of update their second half struggles, the, the adjustments on offense continue to just be a massive concern for them. We're now, Jason, up. you go back to the last eight Power 5 games. We've just been updating this thing as the week goes on, as the weeks go on. 
the last eight Power 5 games for this team, 21 total points in the second half in those games. I think that averages out to like 2.6 points per game in the second half. Less than a field goal per game in the second half for this team against Power 5 teams dating back to last season. Um, this, This week, it wasn't so much of the offense regressing. I mean, they did regress in the second half. But not that much. They were still able to get across mid, mid, midfield. Uh, they had a few good running plays. Robbie Ashford had a couple big completions to some tight ends there in the second half. But um, it was those. It was the ultimately it was those decisions that that did them in there, basically turning the ball over three times. Absolutely, and you also have a you know short missed field goal in the game too. You know, short as being forty yards, but you get near twenty three yard line. So you start talking about the opportunities. Auburn gave itself ample opportunities to win that football game. And um I don't I don't know that I remember one where not in this at least in the last fifteen years or so, where a team had a seventeen point lead and um lost a game to a team that had less than hundred yards passing. Um that's hard to do. It's hard to do those things. That LSU had five yards passing in the second half and won a football game. And they weren't ahead by four touchdowns. They were behind. Um Hard, hard to find a way to, to lose a game like that, but Auburn did, and, and that's got to be the most frustrating part for them, um, the players, everybody. Um, when you lose a game like that, that you you could tell that they were prepared, they did a good job, they executed. Hey, Robbie Ashford plays like that. He gives this team a chance to to win some games down the stretch. I mean, it, it it's tough to find a way to to think you're going to do that against Georgia, but. Hey, Georgia struggled with Missouri. Um, but you start thinking about it, you know, throwing for 300 yards, moving the pocket, doing some of those things. I thought Brandon Council at center really gave them a, a good a good boost, you know, on the offensive line. There's some things to take from this game moving forward. But if you can't score points in the second half, you better be lights out in the first half. And, and, and they did a pretty good job. But it's just hard to win games. I mean, th- those numbers are, are – it's just – it's hard to even wrap your mind around it that that you're averaging three points a game in the second half, almost a full season in. Um, and, and you know you're talking about now, um, going back to, you know that, you know was it the uh, Ole Miss game last year? You start yeah. going back to that game, and um, you know you're almost now I guess ten games, ten games since then, something like that, and so. You're three and seven, and you got next two games on the road. You're talking about a twelve a twelve game, you know, nugget here. You, you don't win either one of these two. You're three and nine. In your last twelve games. Yeah, um, that's not where you need to be. Yeah. So now uh, nine and nine for Brian Harson. Um, had at an even eighteen games into his Auburn tenure. Talking about Ashford a little bit. I just think this is. That you Brian Harson kind of talked about it after the game. They didn't go away from the run, but they realized what we talked about last week, where you, you might have to do some things in reverse. And they did a pretty good job of it. And I, and I just think that this is going to be your best form of offense moving forward. And with Ashford, you're going to take the you're going to take the mistakes. Um, you, you just have to. I think at this point, this is something we referenced all the way back in the in the off season when we talked about his ceiling. Yes. And the kind of the kind of plays he can make for them downfield, you knew there was going to be that Ojolari play. This, 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 you know, he, no way he should hold on to the ball that long. That's just an inexperienced quarterback mm-hmm. not not having the the clock to know that a guy is bearing down on you. 
um, it, it was as unfortunate as possible because he because it was a scoop and score. You're just going to have to live with those, I think, right. moving forward. If you're Auburn, because um, we talked about explosiveness in the passing game, we talked about it all season. They found it. They they did it in this game. Four explosive passing plays, thirty yards or more in this game. Jason, they entered the game with four, so they matched their total for the season. We finally saw Javarius Johnson get into the end zone. Um, you could kind of see once he caught the ball that he was determined not to go down like he had been over and yes. over again at like the two yard line. Um, had a huge play, sixty one yards to Jarquez Hunter. Um, yeah, the coin, and then those were those were outside the pocket. Those were those were the safeties drawing in. Mm-hmm. They, they had game plan for Robbie Ashford sure. to be a runner. They hadn't seen much of him as a passer, but then there was decent pass protection. You had the, the throw to Coy Moore. You had the touchdown to Camden Brown, where he was able to stand in the pocket and deliver downfield. So in the first half, a lot of positives. Three hundred and thirty-seven passing yards um, for him in this game. A lot of positives for this passing game. I think you can take away, you can build off of. It just happened to be a perfect storm of of disasters in the second half. But but for the second straight game, you just can't pin much of that on a guy like Robbie Ashford. I think especially in this game, he did absolutely everything he could. Correct. I mean, yeah, without him, then, you know, I'm not certain this Auburn team scores um, because they weren't able to run the football, line up and run it greatly. I mean, you know, Jarquez Hunter had some success. I think had a late run that, that gave, made his numbers look a little bit better. But, um, no, this is you're right. We talked about it last week. You're going to have to live with the mistakes that that are going to inevitably come from Robbie Ashford at times. But I think you look and and you look at. I think this is an improved wide receiver group catching the ball better. They're doing some things there, and you can you're going to have to play that way um, to have a shot. Now playing that way and, and trying to stay upright against Georgia, um, a little bit different scenario on Saturday. Even Ole Miss gets out; they'll blitz a lot, do some things, but um, that's your chance. You you you. Right now, you don't have much of a chance of lining up two tight ends and running the ball and 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 doing a whole lot of things in this offense. Robbie Ashford spreading the field out of the pocket, making some of those hey things that people used to get mad about with Bo Nix. But you, sometimes you got to do those draw draw some plays up in the dirt plays. That's what Saturday was for the most part. At a couple of those plays, but the big some of those big plays were, were plays where Robbie Ashford kept the play alive and, and made a throw and and someone made a play and. Now the next step is is getting the ball to to your playmakers more often uh, from a coaching staff standpoint. They got to they got to get Javarius Johnson touches outside of the you know the first few minutes. You, had, you know two catches for seventy three yards in the first quarter had one for one the rest of the game. He's he's still your most dangerous playmaker outside a wide receiver. He's a guy that should have seven eight targets in a game. Um, right now for this Auburn team. And um, so there's, that, those are things that you do in the second half of games. Find your playmakers. Say, hey, we got to find a way to get those guys the ball and, and go forward instead of – it's not as much about scheme. Everybody's – when you're in the second half, it's about which guys make plays. And you got to find a way to get your guys the ball that, that do that right now for this Auburn offense. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, and you know, and teams will key in on this more as the as the weeks go on. It, it was very apparent that LSU was not very scared of him passing the ball at the beginning of the game. And so they drew they drew on up to the line of scrimmage anytime he scrambled. I think the encouraging thing for Ashford in those situations where you it happened more as the game went along, um, because obviously, you know, the, the pressure starts to build. But at the beginning of the game, it was it was less of him just putting his head straight down and ducking out, and he was keeping his eyes downfield. It, it kind of looked like a scramble, but a lot of times it was actually just him sort of shifting out of the pocket, getting where he's comfortable. He's comfortable throwing outside the pocket. So, like you said, you you do have to focus on getting more of those plays to your playmakers, though, because at the end of the day, he's, he's still nineteen to thirty eight. He only completed fifty percent of his passes. So that that's 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 an area, of course. You need to improve, and, and teams will key in on that over the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, there was just there were a lot of positives for this team, particularly in the first half. Um, and then again, it, they just continue to find ways um, to drop these sorts of games. There were a few injury notes um, to make. Of course, Seven Banks, the Ohio State transfer, um, really good news about him. The fact that he, he was taken to EAMC, the fact that he was able to come back, and apparently was showing lots of good signs for them. Um, that was a, that was a really scary start to the game i'm sure i mean you were down on the field but if and from the press box can't really hear much anything anyway but i mean a completely silent mm-hmm. um, jordan Hare stadium so a, a great sign for him and that was, that was something auburn players even talked about after the game you can on social media and everything that was um that's something that was really good to see that he, that he was able to come back to that game yeah absolutely and you're right now you start looking at this auburn team and for all the positives that came out of it, you know it was a loss there, there's still some things that linger in the back of your mind going, man, what if? And the what ifs right now are Brandon Council at center. Um, you know, if, if something were to happen to him, then and Avery Jernigan, um, who hasn't really had any significant playing time at all, would be it. Um, unless you start, you know, moving some other guys around who haven't played at all at the center position. And then you look at defensively, um, potentially, you know, Echo Leota the rest of this season, if that's the case, we know it's going to be for a while, no matter what. Um, and you know, that's that's a place where you could ill afford to lose anyone if you're Auburn. And you know, you start looking at it, and you got Derek Hall. Um, you know, went out, you know, you get a Marcus Bragg, a transfer from Western Kentucky, and, and they better be glad they did because he's he's played a significant role, especially the last couple of weeks. You've seen him kind of pick it up more and more, and obviously played a ton on Saturday. Dylan Brooks, a handful of snaps combined this year. He probably has 20, 25 snaps in his career at this point. Um, that's your only other guy. Um, be interesting to see what they do. You got Joko Willis there. You got to walk on. Do you, do we see a potentially a guy like Powell Gordon, who was really good in high school? He's not the biggest guy, but as a third down pass rusher, maybe for um, you know, a couple of these games moving up, especially like a Mississippi State down the line. Um, some you know some of those teams, you try to give them a look. I don't know, but there's some a couple of those spots now where you start going. It's they're razor thin in terms of depth, and and uh, you got to stay healthy. You know, um, if I'm Auburn, I'm wrapping Derek Hall in bubble wrap until I can get him to the field every Saturday. Because right now, there's not a more important player on this football team than Derek Hall, 
uh, with an injury to, to Leota. Yeah, I mean, it's it. they're starting to rack up. I mean, TJ Finley at quarterback, of course, it, once he comes back, maybe you just hang with Robbie Ashford at the oh, moment. Oh, yeah, I think – yeah, I think if Finley comes back, he's he he slides into your backup role. Yeah, and uh, who knows if it's if it's another week. I mean, he wasn't dressed. He yep. didn't throw. Didn't seem like he was going to be. I, mean, I wonder if they're pushing to see if they can get him back for the bye week at this point. I don't know how long it lasts. Um, even to start to throw is different than going out there playing, knowing that you got contact coming. So, yeah, <clears throat> I think it's probably Ashford from here on, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just. It happens over the course of a season, um, but you know, Bragg Bragg came in and played pretty well. I'm actually the the replay is on behind me. Got a sack to to force a three and out at the beginning of the third quarter. So um, came in. He's I think he's played better than expected at the, here at the beginning of the season. I don't think there was a lot of data on him from Western Kentucky. I mean, he he was a reserve for a decent bit when he was there. So not many people knew how how a conference USA transfer would perform. But Leota has been fantastic this season. So li- like you mentioned, um, you know it's going to be at least for a little while for him at that other pass rusher spot opposite from Derek Hall. That's a big blow. You had Cam Riley who didn't play in this game. And then you talked about those two, you know, you talked about Leota and then obviously on the other side, the the situation at center, Brandon council played well, but those are both lines of scrimmage. And so that's, that's, that's difficult to have your, your injuries there. Um, after the game, again, we talked about it at this five game homestand couldn't go three and two. Now here you are at three and two. And of course, as is going to be the case moving forward, it'll be the case again when they just going to go ahead and throw out or go on a limb here and say they lose to Georgia. It, it, it'll be the case again on Saturday. Um, Brian, it it's getting, it's getting dicey. Brian Harson is continually um, having to deflect or he's done a good job of, I guess, facing the questions about his job security. But um, I know we talk about it every week now. But it the more these kinds of games happen, and the more they the more they look like this, uh, because this was this was not a Penn State game last year. This was not the Iron Bowl last year. It was a competitive game between two teams, you know, swinging at each other. This was a, another blown double digit lead. Assuming they they have a couple more of these, assuming they get rocked by Georgia, um, he's going to have to continue to to answer these questions until they can find a miraculous turnaround, beat somebody like an Ole Miss and go out and win seven or eight games or before Auburn makes a change. That's the only two avenues you got right now. One of those things is going to happen. Yeah. You know, it, it, it felt like they're in the middle of the, the, the third quarter. So um, that you're watching the game going, okay, whoever wins this game might be seven, five. Um, I just don't see a whole lot more than that for either one of those teams. And so that was a chance for the winning team to, Hey, see if you can make a bowl game. I, LSU's not very good. Um, I thought they were better than that. Saturday just reinforced what we've seen the last two years from them. Um, you know, Auburn should have beaten them for a third straight time, destroyed them in, in that COVID season in 2020. Went in Baton Rouge down there last year, and and that's that's not nearly as talented an LSU team as we're used to seeing. So um, that's 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 the issue, and the troubling part of that is 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 that. You know, that's a game you should have won and could have won, but you didn't against a team that doesn't look like they're real good. Um, and so um, if you start going into Saturday, you start looking at the schedule going um, games where you, how you, how you pull together games. And you look at really difficult 
We say Georgia really difficult, Alabama really difficult. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else that fits in that category, but you start looking at Ole Miss, Mississippi State on the road going, hey, they're pretty hard. Might group Arkansas into that as pretty hard just because of their offense, where they can score. You start going, okay, where's your, your chances? West Kentucky, um, say, okay, feel better about that one. Probably feel okay about Texas A&M if you play the way you did yesterday. And then what's left? That's that's it. That There's not many opportunities to win one like you had on Saturday against that LSU team. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a path to six wins. I think you could look at it right now and absolutely if you if you lump if you go ahead and check off western kentucky which you can't do with much authority but you, you know you might as well at this point like you say you play like that against texas a&m you can you can certainly win that game maybe you can pick off somebody like a, yeah yeah i mean i think you stay but it, i think an old miss i mean yeah as for as much as they've done that kentucky team was really the first you know it's the first real game they played and and should have maybe could have lost that game at home had West Kentucky not turned it over like crazy. I mean, Kentucky not turned it over like crazy at the end of that game. And so um, that's a, that's a game that's this there, but I mean, that may all depend on what happens this week. Do you go out and compete and can you build on what you did, even in Georgia, even at Athens against this team? Um, how's Robbie Asher going to handle going on the road for the first time? How's this team going to handle going on the road for the first time? Some teams embrace it. Other teams go, oh, I don't like that a whole lot. We don't know much about this team because they five five weeks in and a long time since they had to go in a hotel away from home, travel, do all the things, and you know that starts this week. Yeah, and, and even with you know we sit here and we're trying to rack our brains for maybe a path for this team to make a bowl game, but at at the, that that won't cut it six and six. And if you're talking about Brian Harson's future, uh, six and six, I don't think would. Again, barring some sort of you beat Georgia or something like that, then 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 we're talking. Um, like we referenced, it's it's getting more pressure packed by the week. Things are getting a little bit uh, a little bit more tense there, and I you know, only imagine that will increase in a big way. Maybe you know, if you're if you're three and four heading into the bye week, I understand you've got two top ten road games coming. Ole Miss came in at number nine today in the AP poll. Um, absolutely, you might have the toughest two game schedule coming up in all of college football. Um, but you, you know, like Jason said, you don't compete in those two games. Um, again, things are just going to get even more, even more pressure packed. So, um, yeah, Auburn loses on Saturday, first division game of the season to LSU. They're now one and one in SEC play heading to Georgia. Of course, that is a 2 30 p.m. Central Time kickoff on CBS. Should be a gorgeous day in Athens for that one. I think it's been a minute since they played a day game in Athens. So that'll be a, that'll be fun. Georgia dropped to number two after their scare against it. They looked a little mortal against Missouri. Um, they've looked mortal the past couple of games. They struggled, of course, at home against Kent state. Um, we'll see what happens against Auburn next Saturday. So appreciate everybody for tuning in to this episode. Appreciate everybody for listening. If you guys enjoyed it, please go leave us a five-star review. That is the number one thing that helps us out. The bumper music is by beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode, we'll catch you guys later. Everybody have a great start to the week. From the world. 
world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!